The following sermon by Nelson Atwood was recorded at Noble Park Evangelical Baptist Church. For more information, please visit their website at www.noblebaptist.org.au That's www.noblebaptist.org.au Well, if you have a Bible with you this evening, please take it and open to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 36 to 41. What we're going to do this evening is we're going to read some scriptures, and then we're going to give an explanation of what baptism and conversion to the Lord Jesus Christ is all about from scripture. So take your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, verse 36, and we'll read together. Give you a second to just find it. Beginning at verse 36, the Bible says this, and Peter is preaching to the men gathered that Pentecost morning, and he says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now take your Bibles and flip one book toward the end, the book of Romans in chapter 6. And we're going to read a couple of verses there. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Romans chapter 6 and beginning at verse 3, Paul is writing and he says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now one more turn, Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read a lengthy passage here. Colossians 2 from verse 6 all the way to verse number 16. Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6, the Bible says this, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. 
In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. And one last verse I'll simply read it for you. It's Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What is it to be converted to a Christian? What does it mean to come to faith in Jesus Christ? Well, it goes like this. I'm going to work my way through the story of salvation. I'm going to finish up with an explanation of why we baptize and what the meaning is in all of it. We were created in the image of God. We inherited a sin nature from our first father and mother, Adam and Eve, after they fell into sin and disobedience. We were born in sin. We lived in sin. We are sinners by nature, by habit by practice and desire. You say, what is sin? Sin is disobedience to God's word and God's will. Sin carries with it the death penalty. And Paul makes a powerful argument in Romans, all sin, therefore all die. And we all know the overwhelming reality of death. And death is because of sin. And if we had been left entirely to ourselves, we would have been irrevocably destined to face the wrath of Almighty God for our sin. But God, Paul says in Ephesians 2, praise the Lord for this statement, but God, because of His great love for us with which He loved us, He had great mercy and great grace upon us. God sent His Son into the world. Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived in undefiled, sinless purity. He was tempted in every way, exactly as we are, yet he never sinned without even the ability to sin. Jesus Christ performed great miracles, great works, and great wonders. Jesus Christ spoke to reveal and explain God the Father to us. This Jesus, he surrendered himself entirely to his heavenly Father's will. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death, the death of a cross. This Jesus, the Bible tells us, was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God into the hands of sinful men. He was brutally flogged and crucified, hanging between two thieves, but not for any sin or wrongdoing of his own. Jesus was willing to suffer and die on behalf of us and for our sins and our wrongdoings and our failure to meet God's infinitely holy standard. This Jesus died for us, 
having been made sin, he who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the Bible says. This Jesus was laid to rest in a borrowed tomb for three days and three nights. But then, praise the Lord, Jesus was raised from the dead, proving that he had no sin of his own. His death is now sufficient to pay the price for all the sin of all mankind. His death, however, is only efficient for those who believe in him. The Bible tells us that God now calls us and commands us to turn away from sin, to trust in him to save us from the wrath of God, which is surely to come. We sinners, guilty, defiled, and without any hope, have been brought by God, the Holy Spirit, to hear the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And the message is simply this. Repent of sin. You say, what does repent mean? It means turn away from pursuing sin and committing sin against God. It means also, sorry, the second thing is this, to trust in Christ, to keep his promise to save us. The gospel includes the promise that he, Jesus Christ, having cleansed us from sin and applying his righteousness to us, has declared us to be Righteous in his sight. We are saved by God's grace through faith in him. We're justified. We're declared righteous by faith in God. And it's all grace. Stop and think, brothers and sisters. Stop and think, men and women. Everything that we have from God is God's grace to us. We could not earn anything that we have from God. God in marvelous kindness to all of us has brought us into here the message of the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ died to save sinners. God brought you here tonight. Let me say it again. God brought you here tonight. Why? To watch as a baptism happens? Yes, absolutely. And hopefully you will see that and rejoice with Peter and Rosemary and Jeff. But more than that, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you that God brought you here to hear a message, to know what it means to be saved, to have eternal life, to know what it means to be forgiven and set free. Listen, there is no freedom anywhere ever like the freedom we have in Christ, freedom from sin, freedom from the penalty of death that awaits. We have been saved by God's grace through faith in him. Rosemary, Peter, and Jeff, and all of us have heard the message of hope that is the gospel. Rosemary, Peter, and Jeff, and all of us who believe in Jesus Christ are trusting him to keep his promises of salvation. All, Rosemary, Peter, and Jeff, and all of us have submitted ourselves to Christ as Lord and Master over all our lives. Rosemary, and Peter, and Jeff, and all of us who believe in Jesus Christ have been sealed as belonging to Christ and have been filled with the Holy Spirit at the moment of our conversion. And Christ commands all those who believe in him to be baptized. You say, what does baptize mean? What does it mean? Baptize is from a Greek word, baptizo, and it simply means to immerse. 
Christ commanded us to be immersed in water, displaying in a picture form the reality of our conversion. Baptism pictures the salvation that we already have in Christ. And all the way through the New Testament, baptism always follows belief and repentance. For the example, the Bible says in Acts 8 verse 12, But when they believed Philip as he preached good news, the gospel, about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. They believed, and then they were baptized. In Acts 18 and verse 8, Crispus and the ruler of the synagogue believed in the Lord together with his entire household and many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. We have been, those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been spiritually immersed into Christ. We are in Christ. That's a massive statement. I'll never forget walking through my workshop at 10 o'clock at night. The next day I was going to go up in a place like this, in a church like this, and baptize my two sons. And it hit me like a ton of bricks in Christ. We have been immersed in Christ spiritually. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In that verse I quoted to you before, Galatians 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This ordinance, this ritual of baptism is our step of faith and obedience to Christ, our Lord and master. How can we claim that we how can we claim we have submitted to Christ as Lord if we do not obey his first clear command to be baptized. We are displaying to everybody watching as we go under the water that we are in Christ and that he is in us. It's a picture of a great spiritual reality. The steps of baptism are pictures that display real truths. As Christ died on a cross for our sin, so we have died to sin in order to live to God and to live for God's glory. As Christ was buried in the tomb, dead to this world, so we have died to sin and to this world, and we are buried under the water. Why is it I take them and I lay them right down under the water? It's to display to all of us that they are dead to sin and dead to the world, buried with Christ in that sense. And just as surely as Christ was raised up from the dead, never to die again, so we are raised up with Christ to walk in a newness of life. It isn't, it doesn't end here. What happens here today is the beginning. It doesn't end here. To be baptized takes a moment, about a second and a half to go through the whole process. But living a baptized life is what we live from this point onwards. We live a new life in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. We put on Christ and we follow him with every, with all we can. Are we going to make mistakes? Jeff and Peter and Rosemary, like every one of us who are Christians, are going to make mistakes. But it's that faith in God 
that turns back and cries out to God for forgiveness and a renewed commitment to walk in obedience that marks them as truly his, belonging to him. Baptism pictures that we are immersed into Christ. Baptism pictures that we have died to sin and to the world. Baptism pictures that we have been raised up with Christ. It pictures that we are now living by faith in God and continual repenting of sin. Remember this. Baptism does not save anybody. Baptism pictures the salvation we already have in Jesus Christ. Remember that throughout the New Testament, baptism follows belief and repentance. You say, what's required to be baptized? Does it require a PhD in theology? No, it doesn't. Praise the Lord. It doesn't require that. Although I think Peter's halfway there. He's working on it. No, it doesn't require that. Does it require great works of faith? No, it requires a simple faith. I'll ask them two questions. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, trusting him alone to save you? The answer of your heart is yes. Are you striving? Second question, are you striving in the power of the Holy Spirit to live by faith in God and repentance of sin? If the answer is yes, then yes, on that confession of faith, I would be free to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now in a few moments, we're going to watch with great joy as Rosemary and Peter and Jeff are going to be baptized. But what I want to do, first of all, I'm going to invite the three of you to come up with Wes. We're going to pray together. We're going to sing a song while we all get ready, and then we'll go through the process. What will happen is, does everybody here know, trust, and obey? Oh, good. <laughs> I was worried it was a Canadian-American song that no one knew, but no, it's a great old song. Trust and obey. This is what we're doing. Faith in God followed by obedience. So we'll have Wes will read. Uh, the Peter and Rosemary and Jeff have written out their story of how they came to know Christ. So we'll go in there and Wes will read the testimony. We'll baptize as they come up. We'll sing a verse of that old hymn, Trust and Obey. And then we'll do the process again for all three. And we'll probably make a mistake somewhere because I'm involved. So we'll do the best we can. Would you three come up here in West and we're going to pray for them and then we're going to sing the song together. So come on up. Well, shall we pray? We thank you, our Father, for your grace and your goodness that you have shown towards these three that ought to be baptized. We thank you that you have come to them, that you have revealed yourself to them. We thank you, Lord, that they have come to that point where they have seen the reality of their own Lord, that they had turned from that sin and that sought to follow after you. And Lord, as they would come and they would be a witness to us all, each one of us here this evening, as they, as they, as they follow you to the waters of baptism, we pray, Lord, that this might be a time of great rejoicing, not only for them, but for us too. So, Lord, we just pray for them. We ask that you would keep them from the evil one. We ask that you grant them strength for each day. We pray, Lord, that you would just keep Encourage them in their faith. Lord, give them a great love for your word. Give them a great love for you. And give them a great desire to want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ all their lives. So, Lord, we commit them now to you. And we would ask for your blessing upon each one of them. For we do so in Christ's name. Amen.